Hello, everyone. Welcome to the fourth and final episode of the 2018 Florida Elections Podcast. My name is Benjamin Cassiv, and I'm coming to you from Orlando, Florida. The general elections are less than a week away, and it's time to start making all your ballot decisions. In this episode of the podcast, we will be looking at the races for the Senate and House of Representatives. Let's start by taking a look at what's going on in the upper chamber of Congress. Finally, we now have some interesting things to talk about in the race for the open Senate seat in Florida. There were no challengers in the primaries for either party's candidates, so both Democrat Bill Nelson and Republican Rick Scott won their nominations unopposed. Bill Nelson is the incumbent and is looking to hold on to his seat for a fourth consecutive term. Nelson, born in Miami, Florida, was first elected to the Florida House of Representatives in 1972, serving until 1978. He was then elected to the U.S. House of Representatives and served from 1979 to 1991. During the 90s, he served as treasurer, insurance commissioner, and fire marshal for the state of Florida, and Nelson was then elected to the U.S. Senate in 2000. He is considered a moderate Democrat, but has shown signs of moving to the left recently in a rapidly evolving political environment. On the Republican side, there is soon to be former Governor Rick Scott. Scott began his first term for governor in 2010 and has now reached his term limit. Before he was in political office, Scott was a businessman and venture capitalist outside of Florida. He was born in Bloomington, Illinois, and was raised in Missouri. In the 80s and 90s, he formed and operated Columbia HCA, the largest private for profit healthcare business in the country. This company would eventually be brought under federal investigation for the largest Medicare fraud in the history of the U.S. While Scott was the CEO, Columbia HCA intentionally defrauded taxpayers to the tune of hundreds of millions of dollars. After a raid from the federal government, Scott was forced to resign and was given a $9 million severance, along with over $350 million worth of stock. Columbia HCA would eventually reach what was the largest healthcare fraud settlement in U.S. history and pay over a billion dollars in fees while pleading guilty to 14 felonies. Let's take a look and see how these two candidates stand on some popular issues. Bill Nelson is in favor of stricter gun regulations, including a ban on assault rifles. He opposes repealing the Affordable Care Act and opposes deregulating offshore drilling. Nelson is pro-choice and pro-LGBT and wants to enact protections for the environment to combat climate change. He is in favor of federally regulated school systems and tax incentives to create jobs. Rick Scott offers some different views. He has an A-plus voter ranking from the NRA. He wants to expand charter and private schools using taxpayer funding. In 2011, Scott rejected federal funding for over $2 billion to build a high-speed rail in between Orlando and Tampa. He claimed it would not be fiscally responsible and efficient. Now, in 2018, he is in favor of the same rail project now that the company All Aboard Florida has sought to secure taxpayer funding for its construction. Scott and his wife have invested over $3 million in the parent company of All Aboard Florida. And during Hurricane Irma, Scott rejected existing debris removal contracts and instead enacted emergency contracts. These contracts were given to two firms that were heavy contributors to the Republican Party and Scott's campaigns. These contracts were estimated to be about $30 million more than the existing contracts that should have been used. Also during Scott's tenure as governor, he cut $400 million of funding from Florida's water management districts, and Florida is now facing a statewide water contamination crisis. 
Both Scott and Nelson have been battling hard through campaign ads and are locked in a tight race. Various polls have them within just two points of each other, some favoring Nelson and some favoring Scott. This will be one of the closest races to watch throughout the whole state when the final votes come in. Okay, that sums up most of the information for the Senate race. Let's move on now to the lower chamber of Congress. Florida's growing population has allowed for the creation of 27 congressional districts throughout the state. All of those districts are up for a re-election this year, and many of the races will be key in determining the future of the federal government. Republicans currently control the House of Representatives with a 235 to 193 majority. There are seven vacant seats. The Democrats are aiming to win at least 23 more seats nationwide to retake control of the House. Some of the closest races where this could happen in Florida will be in districts 16, 18, 25, 26, and 27. District 16 is a large region of Florida spanning from just south of Tampa to Sarasota on the west coast. There are over 800,000 people in the district and the Republican Vern Buchanan is the sitting six-term incumbent. Personal injury attorney and Democrat David Shapiro is looking to oust Buchanan and turn District 16 blue. The polls favor Buchanan by 7 to 9 points, but the Democrats feel like they can pull off the upset. On the issues, the candidates are fairly standard for their parties. Shapiro aims to protect healthcare with an emphasis on helping seniors, and he wants to protect the environment and create jobs that support a modernized workforce. Shapiro advocates for raising the minimum wage and helping to bring an end to the dysfunction in Washington. On the Republican side, Buchanan also advocates for protecting the environment with a focus on water contamination, but differs on economic policy. He seeks to cut taxes and regulations to promote a free and global market. Buchanan has a net worth of over $88 million. Moving on now, Florida District 18 is located on the east coast of the state in the Port St. Lucie area. It has a population of about 750,000 people. The district is currently represented by Republican Brian Mast, who is seeking his first re-election. Democratic challenger Lauren Baer is locked in a tight race with Mast and could flip the district. Some various polls have both candidates within three points of each other. The incumbent Mast served in the U.S. Army for 12 years. He advocates for increased help given to seniors, veterans, and the military, but he also wants to cut taxes and deregulate education. Lauren Baer worked as a senior advisor to both Secretaries of State Hillary Clinton and John Kerry from 2011 to 2017. She is an expert in foreign policy and an attorney. Baer advocates for gun violence prevention, protecting the environment, and women's rights. She wants to create an economy that benefits more middle-class citizens and stops favoring the top 1% with false trickle-down economic theories. District 18 has a history of many races coming down to just a few points, so this seat could be totally up for grabs. Florida House District 25 is an oddly shaped district that stretches from the west of Miami to the east coast of Naples, and on its eastern half it goes as far north as La Belle. It has a population of about 700,000 and has a large Cuban-American population of about 44%. The district is currently represented by Republican Mario Diaz-Balart, who has been serving since 2003. The Democrats are hoping to flip this long Republican-held seat with former Judge Mary Barzi Flores. Some recent polls have Flores within five points of Diaz-Balart, and this district has now become a race to watch. Mary Barzi Flores served on the 11th Circuit Court as a judge for eight years. She was later nominated by President Barack Obama to serve on the U.S. District Court in the Southern District of Florida. Her nomination was eventually blocked by Republican Florida Senator Marco Rubio. 
Flores' campaign has a key emphasis on fixing the criminal justice system. She wants to end drug criminalization, cash bail, private prisons, and mandatory minimum sentences. She also advocates for a national $15 an hour minimum wage and an assault weapons ban. The Republican incumbent, Mario Diaz-Balart, is a political science major with a degree from the University of South Florida. Shortly after graduating, he was elected to the State House of Representatives in 1988. He then went on to become the youngest person ever elected to the State Senate. Diaz-Balart has been re-elected as a District 25 representative seven times. He sits on a long list of committees including the House Committee on Appropriations. Diaz-Balart advocates for responsible fiscal policy and touts his ability to secure funding for major projects in the South Florida area. He wants to protect the Everglades and create an economy that can compete globally. This district has been red for the last 15 years. Do the voters want to change? This unexpectedly close race will be fun to watch in November. At the very most southern tip of Florida is House District 26. This district has just under 790,000 people and includes all of the Florida Keys. Republican Representative Carlos Curbelo is seeking his second re-election in an incredibly close race developing for November. Although currently red, this district is rated the most Democratic district in the nation represented by a Republican. Debbie McCarcel Powell is a Democratic challenger hoping to unseat Curbelo. McCarcel Powell is a nonprofit director and organizer. She has a master's degree in international political economy and since 2003 has worked at the College of Health at Florida International University. Her primary goals have been to expand healthcare coverage for all Floridians and create a better economy with an emphasis on protecting the environment. An immigrant of Ecuadorian descent, McCarcel Powell also wants to fix immigration processes in the U.S. by creating a path to citizenship for dreamers, allowing TPS holders to become permanent residents, and protecting our asylum process. Republican incumbent Carlos Curbelo has been serving since 2015 and is considered a moderate Republican. He is the son of Cuban immigrants and a graduate of the University of Miami. He has a master's degree in public administration. Curbelo votes along with his fellow Republicans about 86% of the time and has been ranked the fourth most bipartisan member of the House of Representatives. He tends to follow standard Republican fiscal policy and he supports the Trump tax cuts. He's in favor of more funding for charter schools and pro-life legislation, but tends to break with his party on issues like immigration and LGBT rights. District 26 has been marked as one of the closest districts to watch on election night and could very well turn blue. Many polls have both candidates within just one point of each other. And the final race we will be talking about for the November 6th elections is for House District 27. District 27 is located at the southeastern tip of the state, encompassing a large portion of Miami and its neighbors on the southwestern side. It has a population of about 747,000 people and was created in 2012. It is represented by Republican Ileana Rose Lettinen, who has served as a House representative in Florida since 1989. Rose Lettinen is not seeking re-election, so the seat will be up for grabs. The Democrats are very hopeful that this seat can be flipped, and many analysts believe this district could be one of their best chances in the whole country. This race is also unique because it features a third, independent candidate. For the Republicans, there's Maria Elvira Salazar. Salazar was born and raised in Miami and graduated from the University of Miami in 1983. She has worked as a broadcast journalist for over 35 years and is a prominent figure in the U.S. Hispanic community, appearing on Telemundo, Univision, and CNN Español. She has won five Emmy Awards and is a best-selling author for her book, If God is With You, Who Could Be Against You? 
Salazar follows her party fairly closely, but she strays on some issues like immigration and the environment. She is pro-tax cuts and deregulation of schools, along with being pro-Christianity and Israel. Salazar is anti-affordable care act and wants to cut health care regulations. She is in favor of the Second Amendment, but wants to implement more measures to keep guns out of the hands of the wrong people. Salazar has never held political office before, and she won her Republican primary with 40% of the votes. The Democratic nominee, Donna Shalala, is also looking to become the next representative for District 27. Shalala has a PhD from the Maxwell School of Citizenship and Public Affairs at Syracuse University. She was appointed by President Bill Clinton to serve as the U.S. Secretary of Health and Human Services, where she served for eight years, becoming the longest-serving HHS secretary in U.S. history. From 2001 through 2015, she served as the president of the University of Miami, and in 2007, she was picked by George W. Bush to co-chair the Commission on Care for Returning Wounded Warriors. Shalala is regarded as one of the greatest public servants of the last 25 years, and the Washington Post describes her as one of the most successful government managers of modern times. On the issues, she is in favor of rejoining the Paris Climate Accord and investing in clean energy infrastructure. Shalala will defend and improve the Affordable Care Act and work to create a Medicaid option for all that reduces drug costs and out-of-pocket pay. Donna wants to strengthen the public school systems and raise teacher pay while reducing student debts through loan forgiveness. On gun rights, Shalala is in favor of an assault weapons ban and an expansion of background checks for gun sales. She is pro-choice and advocates for the promotion of women's rights. Her endorsements include Hillary Clinton and Elizabeth Warren. Okay. We now have something that we have not discussed during the whole podcast, an independent candidate. There will be a third name on the ballot for voters, and that name is Mayra Jolie. Jolie, Miami's self-described master of selfies, is running on a very pro-Trump platform despite not having any party affiliation. She was born in the Dominican Republic and immigrated to the United States. She has a background of competing professionally in beauty pageants, and she is an immigration attorney that owns a law firm. She has made appearances on Spanish-speaking television shows as an immigration expert, and some analysts fear that Joe Lee could take some votes away from Republican candidate Maria Elvira Salazar. Joe Lee is an avid Trump supporter that wants a complete overhaul of the immigration system and promotes a merit-based system be installed. She believes in tax cuts and deregulation of the education system. Her website states, Mayra opposes a secular humanist federal government bureaucracy imposing its will on our children through national education doctrine that undermines the moral education provided by concerned parents and clergy at the family and local community levels of our society. She is pro-religion and an NRA member that advocates for a national reciprocity law that allows for concealed carry permits to be valid in every state, no matter where they were issued. She wants to strengthen and expand the military and supports full decriminalization of marijuana. Jolie has never held political office before, and she believes her 12 years of experience on television will give her the skills needed to represent this South Florida district. Okay, that finally wraps up this episode of the podcast and series. I'm thankful to all the listeners out there and hope everyone is able to get to the polls next Tuesday and vote on November 6th. Take it easy, everybody.